I stand redeemed. Praise the Lord. I can make that claim myself. I praise the Lord for that, that we can know Him as our personal Savior. Let me make a couple of announcements here, and then we'll get into our service. Of course, we wish each of you a very happy Valentine's Day. It's a snowy Valentine's Day, and but we praise the Lord for being able to live stream, have each of you tune in today. Of course, coming up, we have next... Uh, Sunday evening after our evening service, have our men's business meeting after that PM service. And then February the 24th will be the business meeting for the church after the service that Wednesday night. But then February the 28th, we keep moving our, have had to keep moving our, our fifth Sunday singing that we normally would have had in January. It's going to be February the 28th, and there is a sign-up sheet out in the, in the foyer for those that will be singing. Then also following that night, we'll have a chili and, and soup uh, Fellowship, we just ask that you bring plenty of chili and soup and the desserts and all the sides and all that you might want for that. And so uh, remember those announcements, and of course we do have those posted. I was uh, looking at a couple things, and one of them was uh, uh, I began to think about you know, some of the, the things that take place at, uh, around Valentine's Day and the different stories of, of people falling in love and people... Uh, uh, proposing to one another, and, and you have so much of that that's taken place. Uh, I was reading here about a, a young man. He called his mother, and he said, uh, uh, he was excited. He said, I met this young lady, and she, uh, uh, he said, I think she's the right one for me. I, I'm so excited about her, and I, I just don't know how to break the ice. I don't know how to, to get her to, you know, to make that first step. And his mom said, well, why don't you send her some flowers, and a note that's, that invites her over to your house for uh, a supper, a home-cooked meal that night. And he said, man, that's a good idea. So he bought the flowers and wrote on the card, please come over to my house for a home-cooked meal on such and such date. And she responded that she would. That she would. And so the next day, his mother called and said, well, how did it go? How did it go? And he said, it was a disaster. She said, why? Didn't she come over? He said, no, she came over. She said, why was it a disaster? He said, she wouldn't cook the meal for me. And uh, so, we, we, you, fellas, you make sure that you cook the meal if you're going to invite her over for the meal. Well, take your Bibles and turn with me to John, 1 John, I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. We are in a series that we have titled, With All Your Heart. With All Your Heart. In 1 John chapter 4, I'm going to begin reading in verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifest, the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a, the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in Him, and He in us, because He hath given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoso confesseth Whoso shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, 
and God in Him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love Him because He first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God, whom he hath not seen? And this is a commandment that we, uh, this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God, loveth his brother also. There in verse 8, we find our text for this morning. It says, He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, Real Love. And let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning. Lord, it's, it's sad, we're hearts saddened that we're not able to gather together in, in the house this morning, Lord, because of the snow and the extreme cold. But Lord, we're thankful that we can live stream, Lord, that we can preach forth the Word of God and that folks are able to hear the Word preached. Lord, I pray this morning that you'd bless each one, that you'd encourage them, that you would strengthen them, Lord, that you would help them, Lord. And Lord, that it wouldn't just be a time of listening to a message, Lord, but their hearts would be in tune with the Word of God, no matter that they're not sitting in this building. But Father, I pray that you would just touch the lives of maybe those that may be watching, Lord, that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Lord, they, maybe they're religious, maybe they might even be a member of this church or another church, Lord, but they've never received Christ as their Savior. Lord, I pray that today might be that day that they would ask Jesus Christ to forgive them of their sin and come in their heart and life and save them. But Lord, I pray as we look at this scripture, Lord, there's so many things that's spoken of about love and so many people misunderstand real love. And so this morning, Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts concerning real love, the love of God. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you. Let's pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Real love, real love. You know, here today, it being February the 14th, and a day uh, that we call Valentine's Day, and in its observance, a lot of people, they try to express their, their love by many different ways. A lot of people are, are going out, and maybe they bought a lot of different things. They, they try to show their love by, by Valentine cards, and, and uh, they try to buy food, and they take people out to eat, and they buy jewelry and they buy movie tickets and they buy clothes and they buy all these things and spend all kinds of money in different ways and trying to express their love, trying to show that they love somebody. It's estimated last year in, in 2020 that the shoppers spent an estimated $27 billion in the United States alone just on Valentine's Day, just on Valentine's Day. In the U.S., that the average man spent, it said that the average man in the U.S. last year spent $339 on Valentine gifts. And uh, of course, the women, they didn't spend near as much. Their average was $64. And so, men, uh, we uh, kind of outdid them on that. And uh, of course, that's probably the way it ought to be. Around 6 million uh, couples got engaged. Uh, or no, they do get engaged every Valentine's Day. About six million couples. It seems to be a special day of trying to express love, trying to show love. Uh, I read also that a fourth of, of the U.S. bought something for their beloved pets. 
They actually spent $1.7 billion on buying some type of gift for their furry friend. And uh, it's amazing what we spend on Valentine's trying to show our love even to our pets. Yet, we live in a day when I really believe that real love is not really evident and seldom really known by many and understood by many. I'm talking about real love. You see, for many, love is conditional. You love me, I'll love you. You show me that you love me, then I'll show you that I love you. That's conditional love. Or maybe it's a physical or a forced by guilt type of love. For some, love is a, is a word used to achieve what someone wants or to manipulate somebody else. Using that word, a lot of times that word is used, I love you, will you do this for me? I love you if you'll do this. And, and it's used to manipulate and to force people into different situations. So much of, our, of the time in our day, the, the word love rolls off the lips. But seldom is there the roots of love in the heart. And I think it's because a lot of people don't really understand and know what real love is. And, and uh, so we have this worldly love. It's easy to look around today and see world, those, this type of world's type of love that's actually, if you look at it, it's selfish and it's uh, self-serving. It's a type of love that was not supposed to be. It's not the type of love that our Heavenly Father has for us. But it's a type of love that we see today. Uh, might I say that many don't understand or know what real love is in the world today. And I want us to look at the scripture this morning. And in order to understand love, we must first begin with the essence of real love. That word essence means the intrinsic nature or the indispensable quality of something. The properties that are required to make it so. And so you have to look at love and say, in real love, what is it that makes it so? What is it that is the properties of that uh, that uh, makes it real love, not just love like the world has? Much of what the world calls love doesn't have the properties or the nature to make it real love. And so we have this worldly, fleshly love that goes around. And honestly, that's why so many people wind up in divorce. That's why so many people... They live together, which is not, uh, uh, is not uh, sanctioned by God. God does not approve of that. Living together and living in sin. And, and they move from this partner to that partner and so on. And, and they're never satisfied because it's not real love. It's a fleshly love. In 1 John 4 there in verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. And knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. God is love. Love is the very being and nature, you might say, of God. When you look at the scripture and when you begin to look at the nature of God and you begin to bring it all together, you would have to say that the nature of God is love. It's a very intricate part of Him and a very a uh, dominating force within our, our Heavenly Father is love. It's best understood that, we, that love doesn't define God, but God actually defines love. Many times we try to describe God by love, and actually it's God that's describing love to us with His example to us, with His, His, uh, His expression of love. He defines what love really is. And so we look at that, and many times we fail to to realize it from that standpoint. His love is a holy love. 
His holiness is expressed in His love, and, and all that He does expresses all that God is. And so we look at this love, this real love. When you begin to look at our Heavenly Father, you begin to see that even in His judgments, they're measured out in love and mercy. We find over in Lamentations verse, chapter 3 and verse 22 and 23, it says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. To be honest with you this morning, there's not a person that's listening to me, including this preacher here, that, but what, hey, listen, it's by the compassion and the mercies of God that we're even able to be alive. We're, the Bible says that we're all sinners. We've all failed the Lord. We've all sinned against Him. We've all done that which is wrong and that which is evil. And it's only by His compassions that He forgives us. It's only by His mercies that He blots that out when we receive Christ our Savior. But even after that, as a Christian, that He would blot that out. You see, God's nature is displayed in the giving of His Son. For you and me, that we might have eternal life, that He might redeem us from our sins. There in chapter 4 of 1 John, in verse 9, it says, And this was manifested... The love of God toward us. Otherwise, it's showing it, it's bringing out the love of God by Him giving His Son. It's showing uh, His great love that, that He is made up of, His nature. It's manifested. We find over in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But here in John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, and verse 9, it says, and this was manifest, the love of God toward us. Because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Here in His love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation, otherwise a payment, a substitute for our sins. He displayed an unconditional love and for, for many, you know, who... who this love that he had, he, he displayed it and he presented it. The sad part is that many rejected it, and yet he still did it. He knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that there would be those who would trample his love underfoot that would not uh, accept his love, and yet he gave that love so that we could have eternal life. It's an unconditional love. It wasn't given because, okay, I'll love you if you love me. But it was a love that was expressed, a true love. That it's His nature. And He gave His Son, knowing that, those, uh, that there would be millions and millions of people who would reject His Son. But He did it because He loved them still yet. He loved all of us. Give us that opportunity to be saved. He displayed that nature of love and that giving the very best He gave His Son. He didn't just give an angel. He didn't just make another way, but He gave His own Son for, for you and me. He gave the best for the worst. Jesus Christ was the best and you and I are the worst. It'd be like uh, you giving a Lamborghini to somebody for a pair of old worn out tennis shoes. You gave the best for the worst. God gave us the best because He loved us. It was a display of selflessness. It was a selfless love and that we might benefit and have eternal life. Everything that God has ever done, He's done for you and me. Everything that He's done is that, we, that He might demonstrate Himself in His love. 
That He might redeem us from that fallen nature that we have that took place in the garden. You see, real love is that which is tied to the very nature of God. Again, the Scripture says, for God is love. He is love. You know, the world, when we begin to see the different movies and we see the different uh, uh, Hollywood and they try to show these love movies and all this stuff and they love this person, they love that person, they have no understanding what real love is. Because love is not found in some type of movie. Love is not found in some type of gift from this world. Love is not found in words. Love is not found in, in, in a, a ring or a necklace. But love is found in the Lord God of heaven. Boy, true love. We look around this world and there's a lot of hatred right now. A lot of dis, despicableness going on. And it doesn't matter... Who you are, you can see it and you can feel it. You can feel the animosity in our world today. Not just about politics, but about other things. And there's just that animosity and there's not the love there. The sad part is that we find a lot of Christians that don't understand true love either. The need today is for us to understand that real love. You see, real love from the Christian is tied to the, and presented through the, the nature of God. The only way that we can experience and show true love is that we show it through the nature of God, what He's done in our lives. There in verse 7 again it says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. It says God is love. Love is the very being and nature, as I said, will go of God. And if we're united to God through faith in Jesus Christ, then we'll share His nature. And if we share His nature, we should share His love. And that love should dwell in us and should be expressed through our lives to others. That's why He said, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And since His nature is love, love is the test of the reality of our spiritual life. In fact, you say, well, I don't quite understand that. Well, if you take a compass and you hold a compass in your hand, that little needle on that compass is going to, going to begin to move around and it's going to point towards the north. It's called magnetic north. doesn't matter where, where you take that compass. You can take it over here and set it down. That needle will turn to magnetic north. You take it over here and set it down, it's going to turn back to magnetic north. Wherever you're at that that compass needle will point to magnetic north unless there's some type of interference from something else that's got uh, a magnetic field around you. That's the nature of this earth. There's a magnetic field set up in, the, in, in this earth. God has done that. And, and so that's the nature of it. And so therefore it continually goes back to the nature of this world that needle does. Well, it's the same thing, basically, a person who's born again. He's received Jesus as Savior, and, and he'll respond to God's nature then. Just like the compass responds to the nature of this world, a Christian who has Jesus, a person who has Jesus Christ in their heart and life will respond to the nature of God because that nature dwells within us. A Christian will naturally practice love because love is the nature of God. And so if there's a problem with a person practicing love as a Christian, then there's a problem. Maybe they're not saved. 
Maybe there's the, the nature of God is not dwelling within them. And so there's that nature that should show forth in a Christian's life that is, that is seen by love. It would be a natural response. Not a forced response. Not something that you have to work up and say, well, I've got to love this person and I've got to tell them I love them. Or I've got to do this and show them that I love them. No, it'll, it'll, be, it'll come natural. I was driving in this morning and of course, the wind was blowing, the, the snow was going sideways, it wasn't even coming down, it was going sideways, and, and most of you know the wind chills were supposed to be down, I don't know, maybe 20 below or something like that this morning, and as I was driving by, there was a, a young man that was walking, and uh, he, he had on just a jacket, and he had on sweats, and he had on a, a hood over him and everything, and and he had on kind of like a, I don't know, different type of shoes that you could see socks and stuff out. And I turned around and went back and I said, hey, let me take you wherever you're going. And, and it, you know, in this day and time, you don't know who you're going to pick up. I couldn't see his face, had a mask on, had a hood on and everything. But I knew that I couldn't just let him walk and be in that cold. And I'm not bragging on me, but that was the nature of God saying, Go back and pick him up and take him wherever he needs to go. Folks, there needs to be the nature in us of, of God that shows love to one another, that, that cares for one another, that displays that, not because we're forced to, not because we have to. I could have drove on. He would have not even, he didn't know who I was. He didn't even look up when I drove by the first time. He would have never known. You know what? It's because God told me to go back. Because the nature of God that dwells within us will cause us to naturally show some love. It's sad today that we find a lot of people who say they're Christians and you don't see that displayed. There's a problem there. There's a problem there. You see, it'll be a natural response, not a forced one. Believers' love for the brethren will be proof of their sonship and their fellowship with God. A Christian's love is a special love. It's born out of the essence of God, out of the nature of God. It's not something that we work up. It's not something that we have a list of things that, that we look at and say, well, if I'm going to show love, I've got to do this. If I'm going to be this, I've got to do this. I've got to... No, it's just natural. It should be something that comes natural within our lives because of the essence of God that dwells within us. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 5 it says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. The scripture, I, you hear me quote it so often, what know you not, your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God and you're not your own. And because of the Holy Ghost living within us, we have that love of God that is shed into our hearts. And it should come forth as a Christian to, and demonstrate before this world. You know, one of the things that's needed today is for this world to see that love of the love of God. Yes, I understand you. There's the, there's the, the wrath of God. There's the, the judgment of God. But that is the balance of it. The balance of it is, is the love of God. And, and this world needs to know that. They need to see that in Christians' lives. So many times I see Christians harboring anger and, and bitterness and, and, and get so uh, uh, upset over things and that really don't matter. And I really wonder, do they really know Christ as their Savior? You're sitting here there this morning, you're watching. Boy, I tell you what, if, there's, if, if you've got awed against your brother or sister in Christ, 
If, if, there's a, if there's an anger that you're hanging on to, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's somebody else at work. Hey, listen, if you're hanging on to that and you can't love them, you need to be checking up on yourself. In fact, the Bible says that we're to examine ourselves whether we be of the faith. One of the examinations is, is how's your love towards the brethren? If you truly been born again of God, there's a love that is shared with, within your heart by God because He shares His divine nature with you and me. But there's also that telltale sign of those who are not His. And it's the real test of real love. We find there again in verse 8, it says, He that loveth not, knoweth not God. You know, one of the saddest thoughts I've had in my life about people is this, that people dying and going to hell. Without Jesus Christ rejecting Him and pushing away from Him and saying, no, I don't want anything to do with Him. But I heard a message one time, and, and the title of it has always stuck with me, and there's such a truth in it, and it's this, what's worse than going to hell? And the man brought out the, the fact that go, what's worse than going to hell is going to hell thinking you're going to heaven. There's a lot of people who sit in pews Sunday after Sunday who say they're saved, and yet they harbor within their hearts anger and bitterness and, uh, towards brothers and sisters in Christ and those around them, and they're ate up with this, and they have a struggle with loving Loving people who are hurting and loving people who are in need and, and loving just people around them, loving the people in their church. It says, He that loveth not knoweth not God. I heard a fellow ask of a man one time, uh, he, he was lost and he had a lot of anger and different things. And he came to a meeting one time where they was preaching and and he came forward in the invitation and he knelt down at the altar and a fellow knelt down there with him, took the scripture and showed him how he could receive Jesus Christ as his Savior. And with tears rolling down his face, he began to ask the Lord to forgive him of his sins. And he named several of them and then he asked the Lord to be his Savior. The man got done showing some other scripture. And when he got done, he stood up and the preacher walked down and says, Well, do you think... Do you, do you feel like you received Christ your Savior? He said, yes, I have. He said, let me ask you something. He said, can you think of anybody that you hate? And the man that, who had harbored hatred and who had harbored anger and, and struggles in his life, he stopped and he looked at the preacher in the face. He said, you know, I, said, I can't think of a single one. And God's nature had taken that hatred and changed it into a love. That doesn't mean that we like everybody. But the fact is, is that, hey, my friend, there should be a love and we should care for those around us. You see, we're not talking about the, this world's type of love. That's cheap. That's dime a dozen. This world's, this world's love is cheap. You see, it's sensual. It's conditional. It's, at the very best, it's shallow. But the love of God goes so much deeper. You see, you can love your children and be lost. You can love your spouse and be lost. You can love your sports and be lost. You can love your dog. You can love ice cream. 
And all those, many of those are this world's type of love. But the, it's, that's the different, the different kind of love that God gives us. It's a love that, hey, listen, uh, that love that we spoke of there about love and all these other things. Hey, when you're not able to love the Lord, there's a problem there. The difference is real love takes you into a relationship with the Lord. It permeates into your, in, into, into your love for others and therefore we love one another. You see, where true love comes into differences, it comes in is that this world's love is in the head. But real love comes from the heart. You see, because the Lord Himself came into our heart. That's the real being. That's the real person. Your mind can be changed about all things. But your heart, God is the one that changes the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confessions man salvation. You see, it's with the heart that you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Not just with the head of thinking, yeah, I don't want to go to hell. I'll pray a prayer, and I'll ask the Lord to save me. No, it must come from the heart. When you receive Jesus Christ, you must ask Him with your heart. That's called repentance and desiring Him. And it's the same because He comes into your heart. And so it's from the heart that we love with true love. With the heart you receive or reject Jesus as Savior. And with the heart that, re- that receives Jesus as Savior, also you'll receive the love of God. Because again, God is love. I want you to see here in 1 John chapter 4 that this love that we're talking about, this real love, it casteth out fear. Look with me in verse 16. 16. And we know that and believe that the love that God hath to us, God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may... Have boldness in the day of judgment, because as it is so are we in the world this day. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So what we find here, we find that we can understand, you know, yeah, I understand that a a lost This lost world lives in torment because they're without Christ, without the hope, without the Lord's love in their hearts and their lives, and so they are in torment. They don't understand perfect love. They don't understand those things. We say, I understand that. But do you realize that sometimes Christians live in fear and they live in torment? And it's usually because they fail to understand that by the Lord's great love, our judgment was settled on the cross. And they're fearful of the judgment to come, and yet our our judgment, eternal judgment, was settled on the cross. Yes, we'll give an answer. Yes, we'll give an account of what we've done in this body, even as a Christian. But that was all settled at Calvary for us. It says that perfect love casteth out fear. Romans 8.1 says, There's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There's no condemnation because of the love of God that dwells within us. Those Christians who live in fear are 
not growing in that love of God. They, they're not grasping His great love for them. They're not understanding how much He loves them. They're not understanding the true love of God that dwells within them. It says, He that feareth is not made perfect in love. There's a fear that comes in their lives because they've not stopped in that fellowship and realize the true love of God that reaches even beyond our sin. They're generally not growing in their relationship with the Lord and therefore they question His infinite love for them. Well, if there's one thing that we should never do, we should never question the love of God. Over and over and over, He has demonstrated that great love for us. It's demonstrated in so many ways. Verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. That perfect love is found in that daily relationship with the Lord. Over the years, one of the things that I remember in, even in dating my wife, how that the more time that I spent with her, the more that I fell in love with her. And the more that I fell in love with her, the more time I wanted to spend with her. And then the more time I spent with her, the more I fell in love with her. And finally, we got married, and, and now we spend the time together. And to be honest with you, that love still grows. And that's the way it ought to be in our spiritual lives as, as we spend time in a relationship with our Heavenly Father. That love grows and comes out of the heart from His nature. The love that He has placed in us through His great nature that dwells within us. But if that love comes back and we begin to understand His love and it causes us to love Him even more and causes us to realize what He's done in a greater way. Helps us to have a greater understanding of His nature and have a greater understanding of His great love whereby He gave us His Son at Calvary to die in our place and we can have eternal life. And it begins to increase our love for Him and not just for Him but for others. And it gives us a peace knowing that this is the one that loves us and that I'm going to spend not only time now in fellowship with Him and not only time in the Word of God with with Him now and not only time with Him now in prayer, but one of these days eternally with Him in heaven. That perfect love is found in that daily relationship with our Savior Jesus Christ. Then lastly, we we need to let this love of the Lord We need to love Him back. We need to love Him back with all of our heart because He first loved us. So often it's quoted, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 19. It says, we love Him because He first loved us. You know, we were loved before we was ever born. So yeah, I understand that preacher because my mom and dad, you know, they loved me when my mom was carrying me. No, I'm talking about even before that. Before your mom and dad was even born, you were loved. Well, my grandparents, they probably thought about having grandchildren. Before that, you were loved. Well, my great-grandparents probably looked down and thought, one of these days I'm going to have some great-great-grandchildren. No, before that, you've been loved by God. Before He ever was. He first loved us. It's hard for us to understand in our little finite minds. But the love of God reaches far beyond our understanding. And the Lord loved us when we were unlovable. He loved us 
way beyond our love for Him. You see, we need to grasp the fact that when we were unlovable, He loved us. When you were still in your sins, when you were still a wicked person doing wicked things, He loved you. When we cared not for Him or, loved him or didn't love Him, He still loved us. Before I even begin to think about God and the need of, of a Savior or any of that and didn't have any time for Him, He still loved me. We had rejected Him over and over again. He loved us. I remember those times in my mind and my heart when the Lord was tugging at my heart and I knew that I needed to be saved and I rejected Him, I said, no, I would not go forward. I would not go forward in the, those services. I wouldn't get saved. I was afraid what people might say. And so I rejected Him. But you know what? He still loved me. And He continued to deal with me. And I praise the Lord for that because He doesn't have to. And my friend, just because you're waiting and thinking, well, He'll keep dealing with me, that is not the, necessarily the case. He'll not always strive with man, the Bible says. His spirit will not always strive with man over in Genesis chapter 6. So I'll not always strive with man. And so the Bible says today's the day of salvation. And if you're not saved, and, and you, you may go to church, you may be raised in a Christian home and, just, and all kinds of things, and you may have everything, that's not going to get you to heaven. And you're going to die one of these days without Christ, and you're going to split hell wide open. He loved you even though you have rejected Him. Oh, don't keep stomping on His love. Don't keep rejecting Him. When our words and our lives cursed Him and mocked Him and mocked His righteousness, He loved us. It's hard for us to imagine, but even those who nailed Him to that cross, He loved them. Those who plucked the beard from His face, He loved them. Those who spit in His face, He loved them. Those, that religious crowd that walked by and mocked Him as He hung on the cross and made fun of Him, He loved them. Therefore, before we ever walked an aisle, ever bowed a knee, ever shed a tear, or asked for forgiveness, or gave our lives to Him. He loved us. And even now as a Christian, when we fail Him, when we sin against Him, over and over again, it may be the same thing. Say, oh, but preacher, how can He love me if I keep doing the same thing and I go back and ask for forgiveness and I do the same thing and go back and ask for forgiveness and do the same thing and, I, and go back? He still loves you. He still loves you. His love's not conditional. His love is not based on your performance. His love is not based on your goodness. His love is based on His nature. He loves you. He loves us. And that's enough. That's why we should love Him. Because He loves us. We love Him, the Scripture says, because He first loved us. 
Boy, how can you get past that love this morning? When you think about His great love for us, how can you get past that? How can you turn your back on that? How can you push it aside? He loved you. And oh, how we should love Him. I'm not talking about loving Him like you would love a ball team or your friend or the things of this world. I'm talking about loving the Lord with the love, the same nature by which He loves us that He's placed within our hearts when He saved us. You see, that is part of why He come to dwell within us is that we might experience His love dwelling in us. That for the first time, we might be able to love Him like He loves us. Because we have His nature in us. You take, a, you take sheep and you can take a, you take a sheep out and you can, you can push them in a mud hole and they're not like a hog. They won't get down and stay in that mud hole. They'll get out of that mud hole and try to clean themselves up. My friend, when you got saved, you, become, you got out of that mud hole. You became a sheep. You became a child of God. There was a change made. There should be a real love in your heart and life for the Lord. In Mark chapter 12 and verse 30, it says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. All of it. Not just a little bit of it. Not just a portion of it. Not just what's been separated and, 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 and divvied up amongst everything. But with all your heart. He goes on and says, And with all your soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. Otherwise, everything within your being, because if you know Christ is your Savior, He permeates every part of you. He says your thinking, your talking, your walking, your actions should reflect your love for Him and love Him with all your heart. You see, by doing so, we're going to, to live for Him and lift Him up for all the world to see. That this whole world might see real love. The love of God. Not Hollywood's love. But the love of God. You see, it'll dynamically change the way we live our lives and our actions toward others and, and even our actions towards Him. It'll change us when we realize and begin to understand that true love of God that dwells within us. Verse 20 and 21 there, it says, And if, if a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. doesn't mean that you love what he does doesn't mean that you like what they do. But there's something about a love in your heart that you can't get around. John 14, 15 says, If ye love me, keep my commandments. You know, a lot of people, they get so upset about, Oh, do this, don't do this. And they said, churches are just full of rules, and you got to do this, and you got to do that, and you got to do this. My friend, I want to tell you something. I do what I do because I love God. I don't do it because it's a rule. 
I don't, do, I don't look at it and, and say, well, okay, it's a rule. i got to keep this rule. No, I do it because I want to please the one that loves me. Some of the things that I do <coughs> for my wife and at, at home and whatever, I don't necessarily like, but I do it because I love her and want to please her and want to show my love to her. How much greater should I show my love by keeping the Word of God and keeping the commands of God? John 15, 10 says, If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. My friend, understand this, that when, you're, you've, when you don't seek the Lord with all your heart and when you don't love Him with all your heart, you don't understand real love. You don't, you're not experiencing real love in your life. And there's something wrong. It may be if you truly are born again, you just need to get on an altar and say, Lord, forgive me for not loving you like you love me. I'm not trying to grow in your love like I ought to. You see, His great, His great and real love has and will impact your life and change your life. You can't get saved and truly have the love of God in you and, and live like a lost world without there being conviction, without there being a stirring in your heart to get back and to love God and to serve Him, to live for Him. There's a lot of this Hollywood and political Christianity that is far from the love of God. You got those who are embracing the homosexuality and the abortion and all that junk and Oh, how can you say that you love God and you know what real love is when, when you can do it completely go against His Word? Because the Bible speaks of the unborn child as a life. And when they're aborted, that's murder. They speak about talking about loving the, the mom that don't want to have the child. My friend, I want you to know something. The love of God reaches beyond that. Our love, real love of God in our hearts and lives should impact our life in Him and cause us to live for Him in a greater way and cause us to want to serve Him in a greater way and cause us to want to be faithful to Him, to be in church and to, to be in the Word of God and to be in prayer and to, and to share Jesus Christ with others, that the true love of God, that nature of God that dwells within our hearts, if you're truly born again, should stir us to please Him. And when it does, that real love will not only impact our lives, but it will impact the lives of the, all those around us that we come to meet and to know. And they too will want this one that we speak of, that they might too experience and understand and experience real love. This world's looking for something that's real. I believe they're looking for real love. And Christian, we have it. And oh, how we need to be sharing it and living for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus Christ today, He loved you before you was ever, ever born. He loved you when you rejected Him. He loved you when you said no. 
He loves you today and He wants you to receive Him as His Savior. Christian, the Lord loves you. But He wants you to love Him and to love others like He loves you. Real love. Let's pray. Father, we come to You. Give us an understanding of real love. And Lord, no doubt there may be someone that's listening and watching, Lord, that has never received Jesus Christ. They've never received the gift of love from the Heavenly Father. Lord, what a great day this would be for them to receive on this day that we call Valentine's Day, a day that we say we express love, that Lord, what a great day for them to bow their heads and ask for forgiveness of their sin and ask you to come into their heart and life and save them. And Lord, when you come in, that true nature of God, the nature of love, will begin to permeate their lives. Help us as Christians, Lord, to love as Christ loved us. Help us to grow in that fellowship and walk with you, to know a greater love than we ever have before. For these things we ask and pray in Jesus' name, amen. Join us again tonight at 6 o'clock.